this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampat in november 2021 the delhi government rolled out a new excise policy for liquor This policy effectively took the government out of the liquor retailing business and handed it over to private players. But within a few months, this new policy came under CBI scrutiny following allegations of favoritism, corruption and other illegalities. The Delhi government withdrew the policy and announced that from September 1st, the state would revert to the old regime for a period of 6 months until a fresh policy comes in place. So this whole saga has thrown up interesting questions concerning public policy, regulatory principles and public finance especially in the context of the alcohol sector. For instance, what exactly was the logic of Delhi's old liquor policy? What was the new one trying to do differently? And what ought to be the primary outcomes of a sustainable liquor excise policy that is fair to all the stakeholders? We look for some answers to these questions in this episode of the InFocus podcast and our guest today is Pranay Kotasthane Deputy Director of the Takshashila Institution Bangalore. Pranay thank you so much for joining us. Hi Sampat thanks and as a podcaster myself congratulations on 500 episodes of a daily podcast it's a terrific achievement so congrats to you and the team that does this. Oh thank you so much thank you so much for your support and for listening in and uh, yes so coming back uh, to this uh, very very interesting and complex issue so delhi in october 2020 decided to replace the old liquor policy and then uh, through a process of getting a committee in place which sort of came up with its recommendations the new policy came into effect on november 2021 but it lasted only 8 months so can you tell us uh, quickly what prompted this entire move to replace the old policy in the first place what was the delhi government trying to fix yeah right sampath so uh, actually if you go to the policy documents there are some stated motivations uh, which the policy presents so in september 2020 the government had formed an expert committee and it stated like five objectives uh, which formed the motivation for uh, altering the delhi's old excise policy so we can go over that and learn what was at least the stated motivations right so the first and foremost motivation is augmenting the state excise duty revenue so that is one explicit thing why the government wanted to do this so basically uh, government can raise excise duty revenue in two ways right one is a worse way to do it and one is a better way to do it the worse way would have been you just increase the excise duty rates which actually leads to more evasion etc but uh, the delhi government chose a better option which was not to raise the excise duty but overhaul the entire uh, liquor sale retailing uh policy completely so that was the main motivation the other motivations were simplifying the liquor pricing mechanisms and i'm sure we'll discuss that later but there were crazy things in how liquor pricing works as well so they wanted to simplify that Uh, the third one was uh, checking malpractices and evasion of duty in liquor trade so again uh, what happens is in uh, whenever there is a supply is limited through licensing uh, of a fast moving commodity like alcohol it often leads to rent seeking what happens is there will be some retailers who will uh, who have already got into this market they will prevent other players from coming in they will have political connections they will not pay the license fee etc etc you know so such kinds of 
malpractices and evasion of duty happen. So they wanted to change that. Then there was also this uh, idea of ensuring equitable access to liquor supply, which just means they wanted to have uh, liquor vents largely in throughout Delhi and not just in few places. And fifth one was an interesting one, which they said to transform the nature of liquor trade commensurate with the changing nature of the national capital and i think that is an interesting thing because uh, the national capital had strange uh, liquor policies like you know shops could only be 200 square feet you couldn't have walk-ins and you know private liquor vents were only allowed in malls and commercial centers so it they felt that you know you could change the policy to make it more sort of overground more presentable and that's why this policy changed so these were like five stated motivations i would also say one sort of unstated motivation was that the ap government in punjab is also trying to do a similar thing because they uh, punjab is in a severe debt issue and they really in the white paper that the ap government released there they also mentioned that they want to reform the liquor policy there and uh, the problems in Punjab are quite similar to the problems with the old alcohol excise policy in Delhi. So I guess they also wanted to do this to set an example of how it can be done in Delhi and then replicate it elsewhere like in Punjab. Right. I think all, I don't think anybody should have a problem with any of these objectives which you just outlined. Uh, we'll come back to some of them uh, one by one. And to start with, uh, one of the objectives you just mentioned is the policy of simplifying the liquor pricing mechanism. So what was the pricing mechanism like under the old policy and how is it different in the, the new one, the now scrapped new one? Right. So, Sampad, the retail prices earlier uh, were actually fixed at government stores. So, what used to happen is that every brand had to be registered and its price was fixed by the excise department and the discounting, etc. was not allowed. So, no one could sell above or below those prices in government stores. In fact, if you go to the excise policy, uh, excise department website, there are uh, brand names and exact prices which are written for each of the various brands of any alcohol that you can take. So it was sort of fixed. And what used to happen is because the excise duty was quite high in Delhi, you know, it was in the range of 200% to 300%. What used to happen was because alcohol was cheaper in the nearby states, people just brought in uh, from there, say from Gurgaon or Noida, etc. and just sold uh, it illegally in Delhi. So that was one major uh, issue with this pricing mechanism and the high excise duty. So what the new policy did was that it got rid of this uh, MRP mechanism. What it said is that, you know, discounting is allowed so if a retailer wants to sell it at uh, below the mrp price he could do that you know so there was mrp but you could sell below if you wanted so that initially led to you know a lot of uh, discounting then what the government did is they tried to say that discounting is allowed but only up to 25 percent of the mrp also an interesting things happened like when this was uh, the cap for discounting was put some sellers also resorted to you know offers like buy one get one free etc so uh, these were some things that happened under the new policy which wasn't possible in the earlier uh, mechanism 
So when this kind of discounting was offered, when the rates were lowered by say 25%, 30%, would it affect the excise revenue of the government? Was the excise revenue pegged on the, was the rate of excise pegged on the uh, MRP or what was sold, the the sale price? Yeah. So I think we we can discuss that in uh, more detail, but there are like two sections of the revenue that the government earns, right? One is the license fee and one is the excise duty per bottle of alcohol. So what had happened is uh, the government's plan uh, in this entire schema was that actually the excise duty was so high that uh, their people had many incentives to actually bypass that excise. So basically, if you uh, think of it as a taxation formula, the any total money that the government earns is a product of two factors. One is the rate at which any duty is put. And second is the uh, amount of bottles or amount, the quantity of products which are legally sold at that particular rate, right? So what happens is once you start raising the uh, rates, uh, the amount of alcohol which gets sold at that particular rate will actually decline because there are high incentives for evasion, right? So people will just sell it uh, underground or sell it through illegal means. So what the uh, government was trying to do is actually reduce that excise duty and capture most of the money through the license fee. So that was the change. And, you know, we could discuss the details later on how this change worked out. Right. So under the old regime, just uh, for the benefit of readers, I'm just laying out the facts of the the whole whole scene. Under the old regime, the government operated 475 of Delhi's total of 864 liquor stores. And under the new policy, the city was divided into 32 zones with a maximum of 27 shops in each zone. And in this framework, about 849 liquor shops were awarded to private companies. And and instead of individual licenses, bidding was done zone by zone. So how do you assess these changes uh, between the old framework and the new one from the perspective of public policy and administrative policy? Yeah, so I guess there are, there's a mixed, I would say it's a mixed thing. Uh, I think broadly, it's a good move uh, in the sense that government shouldn't be in the business of selling alcohol. Precious state capacity shouldn't go into uh, government companies actually managing the retail and sale of alcohol. I don't think there's any justification for that anywhere in India. So that was a broadly a positive move. Uh, the government should be in the business of regulating alcohol, which is a valid thing for the government to do. But uh, it was a good move to just get out of it and let private players who have better service capabilities. Also, uh, there will be better alcohol shops. Like I said, those requirements of 200 square feet, no walk-ins allowed, all those should have gone. So overall, it was a really positive move for the government to have done that. I guess one thing where the government could have done better is this idea of giving zone-wise licenses. Now, the logic of the government was to, they say that to maximize revenue per zone, they wanted to do this so that each zone operator contributes significant revenue, you know, in the form of highest bid per zone. So that was that was what they were trying to do. But it could lead to a monopoly situation, you know. So just imagine in one zone, the entire business is of 27 shops is owned by just one retailer. Then that could create this monopoly situation and the alcohol shop, uh, you know, the there is a monopoly situation where they could raise the prices or they could shut the shops and that would lead to difficulties. So, so what, what does this mean exactly? So if one zone 
is, is sort of uh, given to one license holder and there are 27 shops in that zone does this mean that this license holder will then sell that say 1 by 27 of that license to 27 different people how does yeah, it so work? there were, is that how it there is? were different licenses there is a different licenses which was zone wise and there were different licenses which are there for per shop so a person who got the zone wise license could then yes identify uh, different owners who would get under the retail shops you know because they have to be registered it can't be just one person but overall it was the money that was uh, significant was the license fee per zone which is finally uh, allocated to these uh, you know 32 players so that was i think something which would have been better if it was done on an individual basis instead of doing it zone wise so the zone licensee will then sell the permission to open a shop to individual shop owners is it because the shop owners will need to get some license yeah and th- those prices and all were uh, mentioned in the policy and how it could be done so that is there in the policy okay so now uh, you mentioned earlier about this uh, dichotomy between per bottle revenue and uh, this license fee you know one based on excise rates other based on this whatever license fee the government charges so the opponents of this new policy especially the political opposition have alleged that this new policy has caused what they call per bottle revenue loss but at the same time we have read so many reports which says the government's excise revenue has actually risen or whatever revenue i don't know what revenue it is it has earned 8917 crores from the bidding process alone which seems like a healthy figure uh, to a lay person like me so was there a revenue loss or was there a revenue gain like how do we understand yeah, i completely empathize with you it's a complicated thing so let's look at first of all for the excise duty collections we don't have good data okay because this policy was first of all in operation only for 6 or 7 months so we don't have a comparison point of a, a year wise number at all okay so that's a caveat but then let's look at it let's step back so as i said earlier there are two parts to the total money that the government can generate from this business right one is the license fee and one is the excise duty that you earn per bottle. and my assertion is that finally the government would want to maximize revenue as a whole you don't need to look at per bottle uh, price or anything right finally if the uh, idea is to have a fair business uh, and government can have some taxation out of it ideas maximize overall revenue not per bottle revenue so under this policy like i said earlier uh, in the old policy excise duty was very high and the license fee was very low so license fee was around 8 to 10 lakh and uh, excise duty per bottle rate was you know around 250 to 300% so what used to happen is people had many incentives to evade and that's what used to happen under this new policy the thing was reversed what they did was they raised the license fee which we discussed about license for retailing etc to around 6 or 7 crores uh, per shop this was for what period this licensing fees for how long is so it so license fee was uh, to be done on a per year basis so they could renew it on a per uh, year basis so the government said that you know th- this is what uh, they would do license fee would be increased and excise duty per bottle would be actually reduced so upfront the government was saying that you know through licensing we'll make a lot of revenue and then uh, excise duty will be less which means fewer people have 
incentive to evade few people have this incentive to buy alcohol from gudgaon and get it to delhi you no know? so that was what their idea was so now the number which you stated 8917 crores is the price that the is the money that the government earned on bidding these licenses so the reserve price that they had set was around 7041 crores based on what i told you the 6.57 crore around rate per shop and also they added some margins uh, etc so reserve price was 7041 crores and government ended up actually earning significantly more than that around 27% more so that was a positive thing which uh, happened excise duty per bottle rates uh, sure actually i would assume that they would have gone down but as i said the idea is to maximize overall revenue and also if excise duties kept less there will be more alcohol which would have been sold legally and that product uh, rate into number of things which have sold legally would have increased but as i said for that we don't have numbers because november 21 to just a few months it was actually in operation properly right i think that thank you oprani that was really uh, clarifying a lot of things here that, that sort of brings in a lot of clarity so what you're saying is that what we need to keep our eye on is overall revenue from this entire business and not just go by per bottle revenue or just excise rates so so in that in other words just to say that because the government reduced the excise rates it caused loss to the government is actually incorrect to say because we have to look at the overall figure and because the licensing fee has been raised enormously you can't really say that there has been a loss caused because of excise rates being down or per bottle revenue being uh, down is yeah right so moving on to the uh, next criticism which has been leveled against the new but now scrap policy it is that it has allowed cartelization and that manufacturers were also allowed to get into retail now i don't really understand this why is that a problem i don't know if it's true first of all okay i don't know if manufacturers were allowed into retailing as well but if it is for example if you look at say shoe shops you have uh, manufacturers getting uh, operating retail outlets in other sectors like as is footwear and many other sectors fashion so why is it a problem in the alcohol business why shouldn't manufacturers be in retail yeah. so first of all the policy at least explicitly states that manufacturers wholesalers and retailers all have to be different okay so uh, at least the stated objective is not uh, that it is to uh, not have them similar uh, but there are still allegations that this did happen so now let's look at if this uh, was true the allegations are true what is the problem right so i think the, uh, this is something called vertical integration where the same person is the manufacturer seller retailer etc generally vertical integration is discouraged now wh- why is it discouraged because just take this uh, kind of situation right where the like license number of licenses are fixed and if the manufacturer is same and the retailer is also same it could happen a situation that in one particular zone you will only have alcohol from that one particular manufacturer right or you could also have a situation where the manufacturer could jack up the prices of their own products and not have any other alternatives so these are the kinds of things which happen with vertical integration that's why it is discouraged so there's a very crucial difference between what happens in footwear and alcohol in footwear there is no limited number of licenses and zones in general right so actually if uh, someone tries to do that then uh, you can also have another shop someone selling another product if someone tries to jack up the prices uh, and restrict supply of one particular footwear you could have always alternatives right that can't happen in this case because the government also wants to 
not have too many alcohol shops in this case so this kind of cartelization can happen if the supply is somewhat restricted naturally or artificially which is not the case in uh, footwear but is in the case of alcohol so that's why vertical integration is generally discouraged right now one other aspect of this new policy is this something you touched upon briefly earlier which is that the government allowed uh, retail stores to sell below mrp including uh, deep discounting and they have justified it by saying it encourages healthy competition and better prices for customers so is this not a good thing at least from a customer point of view yeah i agree it's a good thing from a customer point of view as long as there is a fair competition etc it's fine so what really happened was see any policy change which happens there is one transient state response where there is a lot of upheaval and there is a steady state response which emerges when things sort of settle now what happened with this policy is it didn't even reach a steady state idea there was just so much upheaval in the first few months itself because of the way it was implemented or the confusion around it that there were a lot initially a lot of uh, players started giving huge discounts because they also thought that you know their licenses are going to be revoked there was a lot of confusion over it so we didn't see how it would could have operated in a steady state but in general it's a good way to allow uh, players to fix prices themselves Right. And one other problem uh, which you also touched upon when you were talking about the objectives in the beginning was uh, duty evasion. So uh, what are the government's options to ensure that this duty evasion uh, does not happen? One of the things you said was to reduce the excess rates, make it more rational so that the incentives are less. But what what else can we do? Yeah, so broadly two things. Generally in taxation, uh, in public finance, we talk about the idea of BBLR, right? Broaden the base, lower the rate, B, uh, BLR. So that's the principle here, like you mentioned, lower the duties, bring more business in the legal stream so that you know your overall money that you collect from it is significant the second thing that you would do is to reduce the political power of rent seekers so like i said uh, if there are uh, licenses which are not renewed from a long time there will be players who will you know not give the license fee to government or there will be uh, licenses often start getting distributed to players who are politically connected uh, to the government or party in power so such kinds of things have happened in many states uh, in fact the aap government alleged that this has happened in punjab earlier so idea is that they would you would want to reduce the political power of such rent seekers you would want to have many players in the uh, business and if you do that then there are lesser uh, chances of duty evasion happening right so now after this entire controversy uh, has made headlines some critics have said that to avoid this en- this whole problem of state level policy flip flops i mean if you are somebody who is an alcohol manufacturer or somebody who's invested say 10 15 20 crores in in a say in a shop based on this new policy now we are looking at a huge loss so this kind of policy flip flop and uncertainty that comes with it is not good for business so one of the suggestions which has come in is that alcohol should be brought under gst uh, it will be the, the policy will be decided the rates will be decided at the central government level but at the same time uh, we also know that alcohol sales and excise on it is one of the top revenue earners for every state government so in terms of stability people are saying bring it under gst but at the same time it's not an easy thing to do because state governments need that revenue so balancing both these concerns is it possible to balance them like and if we can how do we do it 
what are the options in terms of getting coming up with the policy that can address both these aspects? yeah that's a great question sambhat actually there is no conflict at all you know here uh, i think bringing it under gst is absolutely the right way to go and uh, let me explain why you know so when we are saying state revenue it won't impact state revenues at all the idea is the only thing that will go away if this is brought under gst for the states is that they can't unilaterally change the rates on uh, alcohol excise that's all it doesn't mean they lose revenues in fact it will uh, probably mean they might get better revenues because gst enforcement and mechanism will be better so just to give you an illustration karnataka the state i am in for example uh, has uh, earns around 53000 crores of sgst you know the state gst and 29000 crores of the state excise most of which is through alcohol right so now what would happen is if uh, you transition to uh, sgst it doesn't mean first of all that only the union government can fix the rates right it means that uh, the gst council will fix rates which is a, a innovation in fiscal federalism it's just not the union government all state governments also have a representation to pay so they will they can collectively decide on the rates instead of just one state doing it that's the only change and in fact all the changes under gst are happening with the principle of a revenue neutral rate which means that when alcohol will be brought into this uh, gst it will be done in a way to ensure that states don't lose on any revenue it is neutral to the revenue that they earned previously so those mechanisms exist in gst you know there is a higher rate which is 28% and for quote unquote sin goods like uh, alcohol they can charge an additional cess etc so those things exist but the gains from bringing something as big as alcohol into gst are massive you know what it means that there will be lesser chances of evasion you know people can sell something else and then uh, say that actually it was sold under alcohol to evade one or the other tax those kinds of uh, things go away if gst is made more comprehensive so those are definitely positive gains uh, which will occur if this is brought under gst Right. So, if alcohol is brought under GST, would it be classified as a sin good? Ah, uh, yes. It it would be. Well, that's going to be a big. Uh, that will be a problem. I think many would argue it's an essential commodity. Yeah, it no? is. But uh, if you see the, the the fact that we are charging excise duty of two hundred, three hundred percent, it means it is a sin good in effect. Right. Pranay, we are running out of time. So, one final question uh, before we wind up. So. how how is this done in other countries what kind of a regulatory slash distribution framework do other countries especially in the first world in the west have for alcohol is because we seem to be struggling to get this simple thing done and and secondly what in your view would be say the four elements or four principles that you would like to see in a sustainable liquor policy that is fair to all the stakeholders the retailers the state governments the manufacturers the customers all of them yeah so i think this is a sensitive policy area in many countries you know we also had in the 20s and 30s prohibition even in the us right so there is a sort of not one a perfect example but generally some principles that we can derive are one uh, revenue collection wise 
having something like a gst a comprehensive taxation mechanism is always better instead of having these widely varying vat rates across states because then uh, you know there are enough incentives for illegal sale etc so that is one uh, re- then second regulation wise the better principle is for government to get out of selling alcohol again uh, regulate do not get into produce or distribution that is generally a principle that is followed third one don't go for extreme measures like prohibition in fact states some states in india have it and we know that that leads to loss of human lives that leads to that is the most important thing right it leads to loss of lives because of huge tragedies etc it also leads to loss of revenue and it also more significantly leads to the wrong kind of people becoming role models to society like we have seen the link between the prohibition in bombay in 1949 uh, and how that led to people becoming richer through prohibition getting into smuggling and then the entire mafia happening in bombay so there are lots of reasons why to not have things like prohibition i think in general delhi government's reform was on the right track i think if it were any other state where the peculiarities of the national capital territory and the union in national territory are very complex in delhi but if it were done in some other state this kind of reform i don't think it would have generated this kind of uh, reaction and uh, uh, controversy so that's one and i think what the delhi government could have done is do this in a slower manner just show how these new shops would have been better that would have generated enough reform momentum there would have been people who would have been wanting this change and the transition path could have been mapped better so i guess and there are states in india itself which do this better karnataka maharashtra etc so we could learn from that and have a fair policy which makes doing business better right i think that's very well summed up i think on two of those three uh, points you mentioned i think most people would agree with you one is of course the government should get out of uh, selling alcohol absolutely and you said prohibition brings about more uh, problems than it solves or uh, loss of revenue these huge tragedies and so on that too most people would agree on this gst issue i think it's something which needs to be debated more intensely because some states for example like tamil nadu they seem to feel that there is some kind of a trust deficit in this whole gst issue the way it has uh, panned out so far so that needs to be looked at closely and of course overall i think the delhi government tried to do a good thing we need to see how whether it works out uh, six months down the line is there a more kind of a modified version of this that is able to be put into place or will the go old system of uh, high excise and government domination continues in delhi thank you so much pranay for sharing your thoughts and comments and insights on this topic pleasure talking cheers sampath in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon